glory to God, whose power working in us can do infinitely more than we can ask or imagine. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Let's be seated. All right. Well, good morning to everyone. Good to see you all here, and uh, good to have our vestry members deployed around the altar to uh, help us in our service today. They're fresh back from their retreat this past weekend, which we will hear more about uh, during the announcements. But uh, today, brothers and sisters, we begin with prayers, promises, and fulfillment, and with the ancient cry, let God arise. The first prayer. O oh God, do not leave us comfortless, but send us your Holy Spirit to strengthen us. That is our opening prayer from the opening collet. And that prayer, of course, is met with a promise that is found in the Gospel of John and also in our passage from Acts, the Gospel of John. I will not leave you orphaned, Jesus said. I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate to be with you forever. And in today's passage from Acts, Jesus says to the apostles, You will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you, every man, woman, and child assembled, will be my witnesses. Prayers and promises, a plea and a response. And not just a response with empty words, but a response with the Word of God fulfilled. For we can say affirmatively that the Holy Spirit has indeed come upon us. Am I right? The Holy Spirit has indeed come upon us as it came upon the apostles so long ago, giving them tongues of fire and an emboldened spirit to proclaim the good deeds of God's power. Who could have imagined that the work of the 120 or so followers that Jesus left behind would lead to us being gathered here today? Imagine that, 120 people. Who could have imagined and predicted that their work would lead to us being here today? Who could have dreamed that the fear of those first three days would be transformed into a fearlessness that confronted emperors and tyrants in ancient times and hatred and racism in our time. And not only confronts them, but overwhelms them and overcomes them. Given this fact, given this reality, the prayer that I said there from Ephesians is right and true. Glory to God whose power working in us can do infinitely more than we can ask or imagine. Glory to him and praise and thanksgiving for the good that has been done through us and for us. Glory to him from generation to generation in the church and in Christ Jesus forever and ever. Amen. These ideas of giving glory, praise, and thanksgiving to God came to me in a real and palpable way this past Friday when I visited with Martha Breed, who will be celebrating her 90th birthday this week. 
Some of you may know Martha. She's one of those great saints over there at Bay Woods, um, along with Mary Ferris, who just celebrated her 102nd birthday and is still going. But Martha, Martha has the spirit of joy, if you know her, a spirit that defies her circumstances. She's bedridden, her world reduced to a room in the health center at Bay Woods. But on Friday, she and a friend were rejoicing in a miracle that had occurred. It seemed that for the previous weeks, Martha had not been able to hear anything. Um, her ears had been blocked up with a lot of wax, apparently. But on Friday, an audiologist came and stopped by, and it was a scene worthy of something from the Gospels. You know, where Jesus comes upon the, the deaf person and says, Be opened! The audiologist came by, opened her ears, took the wax out, and there it was, a miracle. A miracle, as I say, worthy of the Gospels. Be opened, and she could hear. Deo gratias, she said, recounting the story. Deo gratias, thanks be to God. But not just for the audiologist who came by, but also for the amplifier and the headphones that she had been given, and for the glorious sunlight that was streaming into her room for every blessed morning that she wakes up. I'm just praising him and giving thanks, she said. Deo gratias, Father Dion. Deo gratias. And so again, I say, brothers and sisters, glory to God, whose power working in us can do infinitely more than we can ask or imagine. This power, this power works in us individually, and collectively, Jesus promises the apostles, right, that all of them, all of them would receive power and become his witnesses. He prays to his Father that they and we may be one as he and his Holy Father are one. This yearning for oneness, for unity, for being of one accord is expressed throughout today's liturgy. This morning in, in the Eucharistic prayer there, we prayed that all who partake of the Holy Communion may be made one body with Jesus Christ. In our prayers of the people yet to come, we ask that we all may be made one. And in our communion hymn, we will sing, may we all one bread, one body be through this blessed sacrament of unity. Our prayer is for a sense of unity that appreciates our differences but does not let them get in way of our purpose. We who have received the gift of the Holy Spirit have also been given a sacred charge that compels us to be witnesses of Jesus Christ. This special sense of unity and, and purpose is a key element in the Acts of the Apostles. If you read through the story, you can see it happening. We see it carrying Jesus' followers from Jerusalem, as he says there in the beginning, to Rome. And even though Paul and Barnabas have that famous falling out, the mission remained. And even though the community struggled over its new identity, who to be circumcised, who, what should we eat, the mission and the core purpose remained. We find a defining moment of this call for unity and this living in unity at the end of the Acts passage where we read, 
All these were constantly devoting themselves to prayer, together with certain women, including Mary, the mother of Jesus, as well as his brothers. Besides giving us a, a snapshot, if you will, of the, the early community, we read that they are together in their prayers, and not just together in one place, as we are together in this place. They were together in the upper room, but they were praying with one accord. That is the togetherness that is being spoken of. One of our New Testament scholars puts this word, this idea of togetherness in, in these words. He says, this unifying worship, this unifying worship is the response to God's action for the world and the community in Christ. Unanimity is thus a gift of God to the praise of God. Our gathering is a response to what God has done. God's gift to us becomes our gift to God. To be of one mind is to share in the gift of God by offering our prayers, praise, and thanksgivings to God as we carry out our mission. And so, can ask, I'm sure the vestry was wrestling with this question, what is our collective prayer for today? What is our deepest yearning? What is the deepest need waiting to be filled in the house, in the body of St. Anne's? So often in the Gospels, right, in those healing stories, Jesus comes up to someone and says, well, what do you want me to do for you? We could ask the same thing. If Jesus were to stand here right now to the congregation and say, what do you collectively want me to do for you? Perhaps we could answer with a, a simple request that is found in today's song. Let God arise. Let his enemies be scattered. Let those who hate him flee before him. Let God arise, for we are a people on the move. The prayer goes all the way back, brothers and sisters, to Moses and the Hebrew children as they're carrying the Ark of the Covenant during their journey in the wilderness. If you go into the Hebrew Scriptures and to, to Numbers, chapter 10, verse 35, it says, Whenever the Ark set out, Moses would say, Arise, O Lord, let your enemies be scattered and your foes flee before you. So perhaps we can say to Jesus, let God arise. Let his, power, let his power pour down on us and renew us like the gracious rain refreshing a weary land. Let God arise and let all that would be holding us back, let that be scattered. Let God arise like Jesus rising up in the tomb there on Easter morning. Let God arise like Christ ascending above Mount Olivet. Let God arise and strengthen us so that we may go from this place, not only rejoicing in the power of the Spirit, but inspired to live as faithful and fearless incarnations of that Spirit. For brothers and sisters, God did not give us a spirit of cowardice, but rather a spirit of power and love, 
a spirit that comforts and heals, a spirit that makes even old Martha Breed say, Deo gratias, Deo gratias, Deo gratias, thanks be to God. So we can say to our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, let God arise, let his enemies be scattered, and let all that stands before him be taken away, and let us be a people inspired and on the move and filled with the spirit that he gave to his apostles, that he gives to us, that he gives to the world. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen.